Welcome back to After the Buzz of Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, in today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Thomas, aka Mr. Sideline, and I'm not going to discuss like the draft in a whole or like my first. Uh, round draft grades for every pick there because I feel like that's what everybody's doing. Plus, I just did that on uh, Mr. Sideline a few days ago. Go check that out after. So we already did all that. So instead, today's going to really be kind of all about the Patriots. I know a lot of my listeners are from New England, probably Patriots fans. So this will probably interest many of you. First, we're going to start out with the Gronk trade. I haven't talked about that yet because I... Last episode, I was just getting ready for the draft. I didn't even bother with that, but I finally want to talk about that. What does it mean for the Patriots and the Buccaneers? Maybe we'll throw in a trade grade there as well. Uh, And then I want to get to Andy Dalton. He has just been released. What does this mean, first of all, for the Cincinnati Bengals? Then what does it mean for potential suitors like the New England Patriots or the Jacksonville Jaguars? Or uh, Thomas actually had one interesting take. I'm sure he'll discuss that. And then uh, to wrap up today's episode, I'm just going to give a grade in my breakdown on each each and every one of the Patriots draft picks. I did some research on all of them. I've got these grades ready, uh, my thoughts on each prospect, how they'll fit, and then overall just a team draft grade uh, for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So first, we are going to start with the Rob Gronkowski trade. So let's get to that. Okay, so again, to start out today's episode, we're just going to talk about the Rob Gronkowski trade. So it kind of really came out of nowhere, right? Rob Gronkowski, he retired last offseason, mostly due to the wear and tear on his body. And I still I still believe that, personally. Some people have said he only retired because he was sick of the Patriot way. And I do think that's true to an extent, but the real reason he retired was because of the wear and tear on his body. No matter where he was playing, I think he was going to retire and then potentially come back. You know, no matter, even if he was, you know, in Tampa or wherever, it doesn't matter because he just needed like a year off from football. And I everybody was talking about how Rob Gronkowski might come back, but it really didn't seem, seem like he was that interested. Sometimes he would poke some fun at it. But then out of nowhere, the Patriots trade him uh, to the Buccaneers and he, you know, because he's ready to go. He's ready to play. And it's been reported. We heard the clip where Rob Gronkowski said he had the Buccaneers playbook for about a month, which is technically tampering. But teams do that all the time. So I'm not too mad as a Patriots fan. I think it is true. I think he knew he was a Buccaneer for about a month and he was getting ready to get back in the swing of things. And he approached Bill Belichick and said, hey can you trade me to Tampa or, you know, so the trade, the official trade was the Patriots sent Rob Gronkowski along with a seventh or seventh round pick, which was number 241 overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the 139th overall pick in the draft, which was a fourth rounder. And they ended up sending that in one of their many trades, but that trade was a phenomenal trade for the new England Patriots. They just, they basically just traded a guy that they, Rob Gronkowski was not going to play for the Patriots. He was playing for the Buccaneers or that was, you know, he wasn't going to play for the Patriots or any other team. It was either I'm going to Tampa Bay or I'm going to stay in retirement. So for the Patriots, they just traded up three rounds and all they had to do was give up. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is a great, you know, big figure and all that. And he's a great player, I still think. But he's not going to play for you. So that was, you know, that was a great trade for the Patriots. 
for the Buccaneers, on the other hand, it was just not a good trade for them. It was them catering to Tom Brady, and they're getting used to what it's like to cater to a star. Their best player's always been Mike Evans for a few years now, and I know it was probably last year it was Shaquille Barrett. He had a phenomenal season, but like they've never really had to cater to a star for quite a few years now. Jameis Winston, certainly not a player you cater to, but Tom Brady, I mean, as much as he is a team player, in my opinion, he is carrying the Patriot way or the Belichick way uh, to an extent over to uh, the Buccaneers. You still got to cater to him a little bit. It's kind. It's not as bad as it is in the uh, NBA where you just completely do whatever. The, like LeBron James is the GM of the Lakers. But I, I don't want to – I have some more thoughts, but I don't want to keep going rambling on. I want to hear what Thomas's thoughts are on this trade. Uh, I mean, it, for the Patriots, obviously, this is a home run of a deal. I mean, you're getting a fourth-round pick for a guy who hasn't played football in what has it been, two years now? Um, like, I just, I, this is a no-brainer for the Patriots. I mean, even if Gronk wanted to come back and play for the Patriots, do you want him to come back and play? Like, I mean, I love Gron- Gronkowski as a football player, but as an actual person, he's a bit of a clown. Um, and so I just don't think that the Patriots really need a guy like that. And with Tom Brady gone, um, it, I wanted to say I saw this coming, but because just because it just seemed like it was going to happen, like Gronk wanted to go play with Tom Brady, but it was a bit, it was a bit of a shock when it when it happened. Yeah. Still, and for, as for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, this move is completely overrated. I've heard a lot of guys say that you know this is a high impact move. First of all, they traded they traded a a fourth round pick to get them, which is you know it's not it's not good, but it's not necessarily bad either. Gronk hasn't played organized football in about two seasons now. Sure, he may know the playbook, but how good is Rob Gronkowski going to be? Plus, in these Bruce Arians offenses, a tight end isn't really used. I mean, we saw O.J. Howard last year, barely, barely used. And there were talks about him being traded uh, because of how underused he was being. I mean, he was basically a no-show in that offense. Um, And so Rob Gronkowski... I mean, maybe he'll be he'll probably be used a little bit more just because of his name and he's Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, you know, loves him. But re- realistically speaking, how good is Rob Gronkowski going to be? Like, he's not he's not going to get over a thousand yards. He's not going to get over ten touchdowns. He's not even going to be close to that. I'd be surprised if he got half of that. I, maybe he'll produce for like forty catches for like five hundred yards and like five touchdowns. But that's like his ceiling. He's really not going to do anything. He's not, you know, the player he was in his prime, obviously. His, his body is just worn down. I really didn't see the point of coming back into retire, coming back out of retirement uh, to go play for the Buccaneers. I guess he wants to pair up with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, but, like, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like a smart move. I liked it for the Pats because they're just trading a guy they weren't even using anyway. Um, but for the Buccaneers, I, just, I really don't like it. I agree. I mean, the Buccaneers now, they've got Cameron Brait, who is underrated, but then they've got O.J. Howard and then Rob Gronkowski. They have three tight ends right there. And yeah, O.J. Howard has been super underwhelming. I still think there's a lot of talent there. I'd love to see him get traded. They're not going to trade Rob Gronkowski, and they may trade Cameron Brait, uh, an underrated tight end there, but they have to trade at least one of those guys. They could go ahead and trade both Brait and Howard, uh, which I wouldn't suggest because Gronk is still injury prone and this might be just a one and done thing and he may come back and not really be that great. 
uh, maybe more of just a blocking tight end. That, that can I think Gronk can still make an impact, but he just took a year off of football, which honestly, if I were to tell you this, setting him up for this season, it would have he's going to play better this season after taking a season off than he would have continuing to play because his body just needed that break. And I still think he, you know, he's on high injury alert here, but that is going to help. It's not a great trade for the Buccaneers, but it's one they had to make. Uh, Tom Brady wanted it. He's your superstar. And unfortunately, from a business standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but from a value standpoint per se, but you needed to do it to keep Tom Brady happy. And they did kind of what they had to do there. And Gronk just I it make I understand why he'd want to come back. And he's played in New England his whole life. He's won Super Bowls. He you know this strict Bill Belichick way. And he's he, he's catered to it in a, in to an extent. I mean, he's had some touchdown celebrations that were frowned upon by Bill Belichick that he can go ahead and go goof off a little more in Tampa Bay. So I think that's what he's kind of looking forward to, not only getting back to playing football, but playing in a less of a strict environment, still with one of his best friends and his longtime quarterback, Tom Brady, that he's played with for his whole entire career. So uh, I just I am a little nervous for Gronk and all the injuries there. Again, home run deal for the Patriots. Buccaneers, not so much, but they they did what they had to do to keep Tom Brady happy. So I think We've discussed what we want to discuss there. So now we're going to talk about Andy Dalton and the whole situation there. So let's get to that. Yeah. Okay. So again, to start out today's episode, we're just going to talk about the Rob Gronkowski trade. So it kind of really came out of nowhere, right? Rob Gronkowski, he retired last off season, mostly due to the wear and tear on his body. And I still, I still believe that personally. Some people have said, he only retired because he was sick of the Patriot way. And I do think that's true to an extent, but the real reason he retired was because of the wear and tear on his body. No matter where he was playing, I think he was going to retire and then potentially come back. You know, no matter, even if he was, you know, in Tampa or wherever, it doesn't matter because he just needed like a year off from football. And I everybody was talking about how Rob Gronkowski might come back, but it really didn't seem, seem like he was that interested. Sometimes he would poke some fun at it. But then out of nowhere, the Patriots trade him uh, to the Buccaneers and he, you know, because he's ready to go. He's ready to play. And it's been reported. We heard the clip where Rob Gronkowski said he had the Buccaneers playbook for about a month, which is technically tampering. But it, teams do that all the time. So I'm not too mad as a Patriots fan. I think it is true. I think he knew he was a Buccaneer for about a month and he was getting ready to get back in the swing of things. And he approached Bill Belichick and said, hey can you trade me to Tampa or, you know, so the trade, the official trade was the Patriots sent Rob Gronkowski along with a seventh or seventh round pick, which was number 241 overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the 139th overall pick in the draft, which was a fourth rounder. And they ended up sending that in one of their many trades, but that trade was a phenomenal trade for the new England Patriots. They just, they basically just traded a guy that they, Rob Gronkowski was not going to play for the Patriots. He was playing for the Buccaneers or that was, you know, he wasn't going to play for the Patriots or any other team. It was either I'm going to Tampa Bay or I'm going to stay in retirement. So for the Patriots, they just traded up three rounds and all they had to do was give up. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is a great, you know, big figure and all that. And he's a great player, I still think. 
but he's not going to play for you. So that was, you know, that was a great trade for the Patriots. For the Buccaneers, on the other hand, it was just not a good trade for them. It was them catering to Tom Brady, and they're getting used to what it's like to cater to a star. Their best player has always been Mike Evans for a few years now. And I know it was probably last year it was Shaquille Barrett. He had a phenomenal season. But, like, they've never really had to cater to a star for quite a few years now. Jameis Winston, certainly not a player you cater to. But Tom Brady, I mean, as much as he is a team player, in my opinion, he is carrying the Patriot way or the Belichick way uh, to an extent over to uh, the Buccaneers. You still gotta cater to him a little bit. It's kind. Of, it's not as bad as it is in the uh, NBA, where you just completely do whatever. The, like LeBron James is the GM of the Lakers, but I, I don't want to. I have some more thoughts, but I don't want to keep going rambling on. I want to hear what Thomas's thoughts are on this trade. Uh, I mean, it, for the Patriots, obviously this is a home run of a deal. I mean, you're getting a fourth round pick for a guy who hasn't played football in what has it been two years now. Um, like, I just, I, this is a no-brainer for the Patriots. I mean, even if Gronk wanted to come back and play for the Patriots, do you want him to come back and play? Like, I mean, I love Gronkowski as a football player, but as an actual person, he's a bit of a clown. Um, and so I just don't think that the Patriots really need a guy like that. And with Tom Brady gone, um, I wanted to say I saw this coming, but because just because it just seemed like it was going to happen, like Gronk wanted to go play with Tom Brady, but it was a bit, it was a bit of a shock when it when it happened. Yeah. Still, and for, as for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, this move is completely overrated. I've heard a lot of guys say that you know this is a high impact move. First of all, they traded they traded a a fourth round pick to get him, which is you know it's not. It's not good, but it's not necessarily bad either. Gronk hasn't played organized football in about two seasons now. Sure, he may know the playbook, but how good is Rob Gronkowski going to be? Plus, in these Bruce Arians offenses, a tight end isn't really used. I mean, we saw O.J. Howard last year, barely, barely used. And there were talks about him being traded uh, because of how underused he was being. I mean, he was basically a no-show in that offense. Um, And so Rob Gronkowski... I mean, maybe he'll be he'll probably be used a little bit more just because of his name and he's Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, you know, loves him. But re- realistically speaking, how good is Rob Gronkowski going to be? Like, he's not he's not going to get over a thousand yards. He's not going to get over ten touchdowns. He's not even going to be close to that. I'd be surprised if he got half of that. I, maybe he'll produce for like forty catches for like five hundred yards and like five touchdowns. But that's like his ceiling. He's really not going to do anything. He's not, you know, the player he was in his prime, obviously. His his body is just worn down. I really didn't see the point of coming back into retire, coming back out of retirement uh, to go play for the Buccaneers. I guess he wants to pair up with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, but like, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't seem like a smart move. I liked it for the Pats because they're just trading a guy they weren't even using anyway. Um, but for the Buccaneers, I just I really don't like it. I agree. I mean, the Buccaneers, now they've got Cameron Brait, who is underrated, but then they've got O.J. Howard and then Rob Gronkowski. They have three tight ends right there. And, yeah, O.J. Howard has been super underwhelming. I still think there's a lot of talent there. I'd love to see him get traded. They're not going to trade Rob Gronkowski, and they may trade Cameron Brait 
uh, an underrated tight end there, but they have to trade at least one of those guys. They could go ahead and trade both Brayton Howard, uh, which I wouldn't suggest because Gronk is still injury prone and this might be just a one and done thing and he may come back and not really be that great. Uh, maybe more of just a blocking tight end. That, that can I think Gronk can still make an impact, but he just took a year off of football, which honestly, if I were to tell you this, setting him up for this season, it would have he's gonna play better this season after taking a season off than he would have continuing to play because his body just needed that break. And I still think he you know he's on high injury alert here, but that is going to help. It's not a great trade for the Buccaneers, but it's one they had to make. Uh, Tom Brady wanted it. He's your superstar. And unfortunately, from a business standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But and from a value standpoint, per se. But you needed to do it to keep Tom Brady happy. And they did kind of what they had to do there. And Gronk just i it make i understand why he'd want to come back and he's played in new england his whole life he's won super bowls he you know this strict bill belichick way and he's he, he's catered to it in, a, in to an extent i mean he's had some touchdown celebrations that were frowned upon by bill belichick that he can go ahead and go goof off a little more in tampa bay so i think that's what he's kind of looking forward to not only getting back to playing football but playing in a less of a strict environment, still with one of his best friends and his longtime quarterback, Tom Brady, that he's played with for his whole entire career. So uh, I just, I am a little nervous for Gronk and all the injuries there. Again, home run deal for the Patriots. Buccaneers, not so much, but they, they did what they had to do to keep Tom Brady happy. So I think we've discussed what we want to discuss there. So now we're going to talk about Andy Dalton and the whole situation there. So let's get to that. Yeah. I kind of just wanted to throw this in there too, um, because I noticed when you when you were talking about Tom Brady, you described him as a superstar, and I'm just being kind of blunt here and kind of like, is can we still really consider Tom Brady a superstar? No, but he's going to be treated like one. To the I, to would the, say, I was going to say he's more of a superstar name at this point. Yes. His play on the field isn't really oh, yeah. superstar worthy, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's not a superstar, but he's going to be treated like one, again, for his name. Like, th- this is kind of Tom Brady's team now, and is he the best player on the roster? No. Is he a superstar at this point? No, but he's going to be treated like one. I should have uh, specified that. Uh, but I guess now we'll get to the... Officially, We'll get to the – and that was fine, Thomas. I'm glad you threw that in there because I should have specified that. But now we're going to get to the whole Andy Dalton situation. He was just released by the Bengals yesterday, so let's get to- – so as I just said, yesterday Andy Dalton was released by the Cincinnati Bengals. After they picked Joe Burrow, we kind of saw this coming. They they held on to Andy Dalton to try to see maybe we can pull off a trade and get some sort of value for him. But at the end of the day, they released him. It's still not a bad move at all because if you traded Andy Dalton, you were probably going to have to take some cap space back, probably taking a pretty meh contract. So if you just release him, you don't have to take on any of that. You just free up $17.7 million off the books. So honestly, for Cincy, this made total sense. It would have been nice to give like Joe Burrow a mentor per se, but in my opinion, Joe Burrow is pro-ready right out of the gate. I mean, a mentor would be nice, a guy who knows the system, but I don't think Andy Dalton was the mentor worth $17.7 million. If Andy Dalton had like a $2 million contract or even $3 million or, you know, even a little more than that, 
I wouldn't even blame the Bengals for holding on to them just to be like a little mentor because that's a relatively cheap mentor for just one season. They've got plenty of cap space, so that would be fine. But now, you know, $17.7 million, is that really worth it for a guy who doesn't even really need a mentor? No. So it made sense from the Bengals' point of view. And now we get into some of these teams. We've heard the Patriots. We've heard the Jaguars. But, Thomas, you had one team, and now I don't think you've necessarily believe Dalton's going to actually end up going here, but you had one team that you thought this would make sense. And I think some people will actually agree, but they've just pinpointed it down to the Jaguars and the Patriots at this point. But what was that team that you were talking about could sign Andy Dalton? Uh, The team that I was talking about was the Washington Redskins. Um, You probably didn't even think of this, but just last season, Dwayne Atkins, he didn't exactly light the world on fire, and he's still a little—he's still a little bit raw, just in terms of um, how he is as a prospect. And I just think adding Andy Dalton is going to do big things for not only the Redskins, but it's going to do big things for Dwayne Haskins as well. I know, obviously, Andy Dalton isn't the greatest quarterback ever, but he's going to give Haskins some pointers, just how to be um, a, a better pocket passer and just how to be a smarter NFL veteran quarterback. Because sometimes Haskins is prone to making, you know, ill-advised decisions. Um, And I think Dalton's going to help with that a little bit. Not only that, let's give Haskins a little bit of competition. Because, let's be honest, he's going to be the starter. With Andy Dalton, I mean, he'll most likely still be the starter. But it'll give him a little bit of competition, something um, that he can work for. Um, I also think that, you know, if Dwayne Haskins went down with some injury, Andy Dalton's, you know, not a terrible replacement, to be completely honest. Um, He's not going to throw 30 touchdowns for you, but he's going to come in. uh, He's going to be a game manager. He's going to be able to make the smart plays. Um, I like the fit with the Redskins. I think that, you know, being able to challenge Haskins, being able to be a mentor, and just, you know, if they need him, they can throw him in. If Haskins has thrown, like, five interceptions in the first half, then throw Dalton in. Um, It's really a a low-risk, low, low, I don't want to say low-reward or high-reward. It's somewhere in the middle of that. Um, But it's a low-risk move that can really help the Redskins uh, now and just, you know, coming down the line. I think it makes complete sense. I just think it sounds like at this point, the it's only the Jaguars and the Patriots. And again, we have seen so many unpredictable things happen via like the draft, for example. So who actually knows at this point? It does sound like it's down to the Jaguars or the Patriots, but it makes sense for the Redskins. And who knows? Maybe it, Dalton doesn't really get signed over these next couple of days and the Redskins come in and decide, hey, we're going to pick him up now that his contract value is probably a little lower. Um But first of all, the Jaguars, because I feel like most of this discussion is going to come down to the Patriots. We're Patriots fans. I feel like with the Patriots, it's a lot more complex. But with the Jaguars today, Doug Marone said this on NFL Network. It is Gardner Minshew's team. He is the quarterback, but we're not completely marrying him, per se. Minshew had a decent rookie season, but I'm still not sold on Gardner Minshew. He got off to a really hot start and played decent for the rest of the season, but he really slowed down as the season went on. So, you know, he's he's an okay quarterback, but I think he needs to take those strides this season that are necessary. Like, if he plays exactly like he did at the end of the season, that that's when Jaguars are like, maybe he's not our guy. 
But you you bring in Dalton to give him a little competition again, give him some pointers, and maybe even have Dalton start some games here and there if they feel like Minshew hasn't take the, taken the appropriate strides or he struggles in his first few weeks. It does make total sense for the Jaguars. And from Andy Dalton's standpoint, compared to the Jaguars and the Patriots, in Jacksonville, he's going to get more money. And it's a, it's like a soft landing spot. He's worked with some guys on their coaching staff before. So it would be a nice, comfortable place that would probably give him the most money as well. But then you've got New England. Andy Dalton's never won a playoff game before. I know the Patriots have lost some key pieces, and some people don't think they'll go to the playoffs, but between Jacksonville and New England, where do you think he has a higher chance of at least winning a playoff game? New England. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if he kind of wants to, yeah, here's the thing. I feel like with New England and Jacksonville, he'll most likely be a backup with both teams. But with and with Jacksonville, get paid a little more, but a little more higher chance of success with the Patriots. Not only personal success, but team success. Andy Dalton, what are my thoughts on Andy Dalton becoming a Patriot? There are so many positives and negatives, and my mind kind of keeps going back and forth. The positives, he'd be a great fit for the system. He could help out Jared Stidham. He's not going to be one of those guys who's going to complain about any role he gets. You know, he'll be fine as a backup. He literally congratulated Joe Burrow, the guy who got him kicked out of Cincy, right? And Joe Burrow's going to be somewhere between $2.5 million and $3.5 million. The only problem is I heard the Patriots would have to restructure some contracts. They would either have to restructure stuff on Gilmore's deal or they would have to uh, sign Joe Tooney to an extension. It, it, there's a lot of things that are kind of giving me a headache. The Patriots are just so low on cap space. So is that really something you're interested in doing for Andy Dalton, the guy who might just come in here and be backup? But overall, I like the idea of getting Andy Dalton. The Patriots have talked... Ta- uh, Bill Belichick is a guy who says no job is given. Each season, each week is a new week, right? And, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady was kind of a given, but Jared Stidham isn't. People are saying, no, let's not sign Andy Dalton because, you know, I mean, yeah, Dalton would be a nice fit with the system, but Stidham's been here for a whole year. Please, cut that out. Stidham was here for one year as a rookie, as a backup. He played four snaps. He threw four, not four snaps, he played more than that, a little bit. But he only threw four passes in the regular season, one of which was an interception. I'm not saying that's going to be like his demise or anything, but let's not act, let's not sit here and act like this guy's a ton of experience. But if the Patriots don't go after Andy Dalton, it's clear to me that Jared Stidham is the clear-cut starter no matter what happens. Maybe Brian Hoyer comes in and starts a game or two, maybe three to start the season, but Stidham is their guy. Last offseason, Tom Brady's obviously your starter, but the battle for backup was between Hoyer and Stidham. Both played well, but Hoyer played a little bit better. But they gave the job to Stidham and cut ties with Brian Hoyer once again. Do I blame them for that decision? Do I blame Bill Belichick for that decision? No, I do not. You know, when you look at it, Stidham played well. Hoyer played just a tiny bit better. But they gave the edge to Stidham, who's the rookie with a lot more upside, compared to a guy like Hoyer, who you know will be nothing more than a backup. And has been in the system multiple times and is already in his 30s. So, yeah, I go with Stidham all day. But what what are we talking about with competition? If the Patriots don't go after Andy Dalton and they they give – 
Stidham's quote-unquote competition, Brian Hoyer once again. What type of competition is that? This is the guy that Stidham beat out in his rookie season. Now you're you know, bringing him back. What's going to be different? Stidham, if anything, has made strides, and Brian Hoyer, if anything, has regressed a little bit. How is this? I don't even want to hear anything about your job's not given to you or they want to give Stidham competition. Because if they don't go after Andy Dalton or Cam Newton or one of these quarterbacks, it's clear to me that's complete BS. And they want to make this as easy as possible for Jared Stidham. And they don't want to rattle him or scare him at any anything like that. Because Brian Hoyer, and don't even I don't even want to hear anything about, well, Brian Hoyer could be competition. Because no, no, that is that's not the case. Last season, Brian Hoyer did play a little better than Sidham, and it was a good competition. But it was clear all along that as long as Hoyer didn't blow their socks off and and Stidham didn't completely disappoint, they were going with Stidham all along. It didn't matter. So Stidham sitting here saying, I have no competition. You're just bringing back a guy I already beat last season. So to me, I don't even want to hear anything, any talks about competition if the Patriots don't attempt to go after a guy like Dalton or Newton. And I'd like to see them go after Dalton because I think he fits the system. He'd give Sidham some of that competition. He could be a mentor for Jared Sidham. And honestly, I think Andy Dalton would do pretty well here and you could potentially make the playoffs. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying completely about this. The thing with Andy Dalton is, is that if you, if I don't want to restructure the contract of Stephon Gilmore yeah. just to sign this guy, yeah. because Stephon Gilmore had an amazing season. He had an awesome year last year. Defense player of the year. So therefore, you're just going to be like, mm, sorry, we want to sign Andy Dalton, someone who just got released. So we're just going to have to restructure your contract, even though you were a defensive player of the year. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. Uh, We just got to include Andy Dalton. Like, that that just makes no sense. And I guess that's probably a more realistic move for the Patriots to make just because they're New England. But this is the defensive player of the year we're talking about. Like, I just don't understand bringing in Andy Dalton and then restructuring someone's contract, who was a monster and deserved every penny of it. Um, But just talking about the fit overall... It's a pretty good fit. I like the idea of giving Stidham some more competition because, let's face it, Brian Hoyer really isn't much of competition. And Jared Stidham is, you know, unless he's absolutely horrendous, he should win the starting job pretty easily as Brian Hoyer is like 30. uh, How old is Brian Hoyer now? I'm going to go look it up real quick. Um, But Brian Hoyer is incredibly old. Not only is he incredibly old, he's incredibly not good. Um, He's 34 years old. Like, Stidham... There's pretty much no chance that Stidham loses that starting job unless he were to throw, like, have eight interceptions in a single game in preseason or yeah. something like that. Like, I just don't see a chance um, that Stidham doesn't get that starting role, whereas I think Dalton would be able to provide some um, some competition for him. Not only that, if Stidham goes down, you know, Dalton is just going to provide stability. He's going to be able to be a game manager. He's not going to be a game changer or anything. Um but worst comes to worst, Stidham, you know, tears his ACL or something like that. Dalton's going to be able to step in, um, and he's just going to be able to be a game manager. And maybe it'll lead to, you know, other guys feeling like they need to step up. So we could see, um, we could see some if something like that were to happen, uh, we could potentially see other guys step up and uh, take a bigger role and do perform a lot better. So I think Dalton is a low risk, high reward situation. Um, uh, just like you would be for the Washington Redskins. 
I see what you're saying there. I mean, the Gilmore thing, I would that I would try to avoid that at all costs. But like another option is if they extend Joe Tooney, I believe they can make this deal work for Andy Dalton. So if they extend Joe Tooney, a 27-year-old guard for the New England Patriots, he's their left guard and Tooney, to me, deserves an extension. Tooney has played great. I, I don't think we win the Super Bowl against the Rams without Joe Tooney. Like, this guy steps up. He's he's. I think he's one of the most underrated player on, players on the New England Patriots. He's right in his prime. So you extend him for a couple seasons, and it's going to be well-deserved. You keep him happy, and now you can free, you know, you can get that, make that move that can uh, give you the ability to sign Andy Dalton. So that's also another option. That's an option I would like. To restructure Stephon Gilmore, I wouldn't like that. I mean, I'd be fine with it because, you know, more cap space, but I'm not sure how well that would go down with Stephon Gilmore, and I try to avoid that at all costs. So I definitely see what you're saying there, but uh, do you have any other thoughts? Uh, not really. I mean, would I want Andy Dalton on the Patriots? I mean, it's up why in not? Yeah. Like, like, I'm not like, woo, Andy Dalton, superstar, but I'm not like, oh man, let's not sign this guy, he's trash. I just feel like there's no reason not to sign him um, I like his fit better than Cam Newton. I really just don't like the fit with Cam Newton in New England. No, I know Cam neither Newton do I. Much better I'll take body. Dalton all day over Newton. Even, you know, people would say probably Newton is a little better than Dalton at this point, but I'll take Dalton all day because Newton isn't going to handle a backup role. Like, first of all, Dalton's a better fit here. Second of all, Dalton's going to accept the backup role. He'll be fine with that. Newton won't. So, you know, I just think... Dalton all day. I, if they sign Cam Newton, that's just a bad move. And he's probably going to want more money. So I'll just stay away from that. But now we are going to give our opinions and grades on each Patriots selection. So let's get to that. Okay, so the Patriots made multiple trades on draft day. And starting off, they, they made that first trade with the Chargers where they traded out of the first round to acquire a second and a third round pick. They made so many more trades. And I'm not even going to touch up on the trades. Honestly, there were so many, and most of them were irrelevant besides really like the first one or the first few. So I'm not we're not going to get into the trades, just the selections, and maybe we'll factor in the you know the trades in that sense. You'll see. Uh, it's not as confusing as I'm making it up to be. But with our first pick that we made, the 37th overall selection, we took Division II safety. Kyle Duggar at a Lenure Ryan. I don't know how to say that. I've never heard of him. Uh, but this is, again, this pick was a little surprising to some. I th I really like Kyle Duggar. So you can imagine, I'm going to give a good grade on this. And he reminds some as like a mini Isaiah Simmons. And it does make sense. You know, they're both really speedy, athletic, versatile players. Uh, and I wouldn't say they're exact comps, but like, it, it, I do see the similarities there. But we don't need a safety right now. The Patriots have so many different needs. Like, we may have a need at quarterback. We're not really too sure at the moment. We definitely need some wide receivers. We need some tight ends. We need offensive line depth, which isn't our biggest need, but still. We could use a linebacker. You know, we need all these things. Safety really isn't one of them. We've got Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung. We've got good depth at the safety position. But the Patriots still took a guy that they really liked, and it actually makes sense. I know a lot of people have said, 
the Patriots don't really need a safety, but Devin McCourty, this is probably his last season. He's already discussed retiring before, and he said, eh, I'll come back for one more season. And Devin McCourty's still playing at such a high level, and after the season, he could still be easily one of the best free safeties in the league, but he could step away from the game. And honestly, Patrick Chung it could be soon to follow. So you look at their safeties like, yeah, right now they're set, but it, in a year from now or two years from now, they may not be. And Kyle Duggar isn't a guy that's going to be able to come and make an impact right away anyway. You see, like, he is a little injury prone, which is a little scary, but really the reason is he lacks, like, the instincts. He lacks footwork and overall just needs to get a little more fundamentally sound. So why not pick a safety right now? That's a guy that's going to need a little bit of time to develop. So Bring him in now when he can be a backup. He's not going to be forced into some situ big situation. And he can learn from guys like Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung, who's a great tackler right there. So I love this because it's going to be great. And, and in his first year, he's a great punt returner. So he can make a special teams impact in his first year and then just learn from guys like Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung. And then when McCourty retires and maybe Chung gets hurt again or eventually gets suspended, which I can already see, Kyle Duggar can come in and be your guy. I love this pick. My grade, A-. minus. For the Kyle Duggar pick, I really didn't know that much about him. And when the Patriots picked him, and I found out he was from Division Two, I was just like, this is the most Bill Belichick, New England Patriots pick I've ever seen. But there's a lot to like about Duggar. Um, he's got the speed. He's got the strength. He's got the explosiveness, good athleticism. Like, there's a lot of really good tools that he's working with right now. And he's still a little bit raw just in terms of his natural instincts and just his feel for the game in general. Um, but there's a lot to like. As you said, Devin Corby is probably on his way out to retirement. Same thing with Patrick Chung. But coming to the Patriots, he's going to be able to learn from those guys. And he's going to be the heir to someone like, uh, a Devin McCourty. He could, he could be the Devin McCourty replacement. Um, and just being able to learn from those guys, like you said, he's not going to be a day one starter, but he's going to be able to learn. He's going to be able to gel. Uh, being surrounded by all these veteran defensive players, uh, he's going to get his instincts up. His footwork's going to get a lot better. There's a lot to like about this kid right now, and he could be a stud in the future if he continues to, to improve all his little flaws that he has. Yes. I really, really like the pick. Um, I'll, I'll probably go, I'll, I'll go a P plus for now yeah. because there's still a couple of things he needs mm -hmm. to touch up upon. Um, and you know, it might, it may have been a little bit of a reach, not too much, but maybe just a little yeah. bit. Um, but I, I like the pick overall yeah. and I had no problem with it. Same. All right, their 60th overall selection, their second pick in the draft, they took Josh Uche, an edge pass rusher out of Michigan. This guy's a pure pass rusher. He lacks experience, he lacks instincts, and he's terrible in coverage. Those three things are his biggest issues. But other than that, a lot of people are deeming this a steal because, first of all, he fits our 3-4 scheme perfectly. This is what he played in Michigan. So I like that, first of all. Second of all, his, he's such an athlete. Like, he's a very good athlete. So he's a good pass rusher. Like he can get to the quarterback. We just lost Trey flowers. And then you also look at it like Dante Hightower. And, uh, we just lost Jamie Collins too. So, you know, Dante Hightower, you know, who knows what's going to his future hold. So we are, we've been kind of losing pass rushers left and right here. So you get a guy like Uche who is pretty boomer bust. If you want the truth, like, again, he lacks the instincts. He can't 
do anything in coverage, so he's not even going to be a three-down linebacker. And he's um, he, again, he lacks the experience, which I think won't be too big of a deal when you got Bill Belichick. He can catch you up to speed real quickly. But I mean, he's a boomer bust guy. But if he booms, he could be a, a decent pass rusher in this league. I gave this pick a B. To be honest, again, I didn't. I didn't really know who Josh Uche was. There were a lot of guys in this range that I would have liked to see the uh, the Patriots take. Exactly. Unfortunately, they didn't. Um, but with Uche, it's really just all potential with this guy. Yeah. This guy has potential uh, to be a great pass rusher in this league, like you said. I think that I really don't think he should get too much action in his first season, um, just because. He's still very, very raw, and he's probably not going to contribute to winning football games for a season or two. But just let him sit on the bench. Let him learn the system even more. Uh, allow him to you know, interact with all these other great players that the Patriots have. Uh, he fits the scheme a lot, and he's got a ton of potential. And he's got some things to like already. Those three things tell me that this was a pretty solid pick, and I'm also going to give it a B plus. I gave it a B, but... Oh, I was referring to my last pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So with their third selection in the draft, 87th overall, uh, we've got Anthony Jennings, edge out of Alabama. So they're going back-to-back edge rushers here, but these guys are night and day. They're complete opposites. Uche is a guy who lacks experience. He's a pure pass rusher, pure athleticism. And, and he lacks the instincts, terrible in pass coverage. Where Anthony Jennings, he's... He needs to get better with his pass rushing. He's not the most athletic in the world, but he has all he has almost as much experience as anybody does in this whole entire draft class. He's great in pass coverage. Uh, what else that is a complete opposite of Uche? Oh, oh yeah, and he has great instincts, and he's going to be a day one guy that can basically play for three downs. And this pick to me is overhated. A lot of people are giving this a grade like a C and whatnot, but Jennings fits the system perfectly. And after we lost Kyle Van Noy, we needed a replacement. If Jennings can hit his ceiling, this is Kyle Van Noy 2.0 right here. I mean, this guy has been, when I look at him, he just sounds like a Kyle Van Noy. Van Noy was a great coverage linebacker, just like Jennings. Van Noy could have used a little bit of help in the fast rushing game. Same as Jennings. Like these guys they're the same type of guy, and Kyle Van Noy was a key part of our defense. So if Jennings can come in here, make a day one impact, and you know play up to his potential here, I love this pick. I give it a B plus. This pick is overhated. People need to do their scouting. A lot of people are just saying Belichick picked them because uh, him and Nick Saban are good buddies, and that may be true. That may be the connection between Jennings and the Patriots. But at the end of the day, I'm glad they have this connection because I really like this pick. I like this pick as well. With the thing with Uche Jennings. and and, oh, um, yeah. Jennings. and Jennings here is that when I, when I look at the two in terms of like their potential and just how they are right now, it's really really different. I mean, I look at Uche and I see a ton of potential um, and has a really really high ceiling, but it has a pretty pretty high floor because he's got some things that he really needs to patch up match up on whereas I feel Jennings has a really really high floor and his ceiling like you said is probably going to be on the level of Kyle Van Noy I like the replacement I like the fit with the system I like his pass coverage ability he's going to be able to contribute to day one winning football um it's a shame honestly that we didn't draft him last year because we actually 
um, might have needed him last year too. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the fit a lot. Like it's definitely getting a little overhated, and I think again it was a reach. That again, I would have liked to see someone different here with the stick, but uh, I can't. I can't hate it too much, um, but I can't like it too much either. So I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay. Uh, with the 91st overall selection, just a few few picks later, the Patriots traded up to take tight end Devin Asi Asi out of UCLA. Most people thought Adam Trotman was the best tight end on the board at this point, and it's clear the Patriots did not think that way because they picked two tight ends ahead of him. And honestly, the, I wasn't a huge fan of the trade. I know the draft had been super unpredictable at this point, and Asi Asi was probably the next tight end off the board after Trotman. Like, he was probably second on most big boards, so I don't hate them trading up for him. Uh, overall, I'm just not a huge fan of this pick. It, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Asi Asi, when I look at this guy... First of all, he's got a lot of experience in two tight end sets. Bill Belichick loves his two tight end sets, so I think that's the first thing that caught his eye. This guy's also a deep threat uh, up the seam, you know, these 15-plus yard catches. He can help stretch the field and give guys like James White and Julian Edelman, these playmakers that do well in open space, some more space to work. He comes up big on third downs, which the Patriots have really been missing that ever since Gronk retired. And... Overall, I, I see the upside with Asiasi, but there's also some downside. This guy has a lot of dead weight on him. He, his weight started to fluctuate as the season went on, and he needs a little more muscle and a little less dead weight. Um, and despite his effort, he's just not a good pass blocker. So for those of you that were just starting to get some Gronkowski vibes, no, because Gronk's one of the best pass blockers in the game. Devin Asi, or run blockers, whatever you want to say. Uh, and Asi Asi just simply is not. His footwork is off. He just doesn't have the muscle to do it. And he also has some, you know, he, he sounds like just a pure pass catcher, but he has some tr uh, struggles there too. He uh, struggles with contested catches. Um, he has to use his size to his advantage more often because he's got still a decent frame. So I see the upside with Asi Asi, but I thought the trade was a little bit unnecessary. And overall, I'm just not the biggest fan. You could give this pick a C plus, even a B minus, but I gave this pick a C at the end of the day. You could say I'm overhating just a little bit, but that's just my thoughts. Uh, I completely agree with what you're saying. So far, three picks into the draft, and the Patriots have come, have taken uh, two pro project players with Uche and now uh, with Devin Asiasi. There's not a lot of things to like at the moment. Um, his footwork's off. His uh, pass blocking really isn't great. Um, he has trouble with he has trouble with actually catching the football. Um, and he doesn't really have a ton of weight or strength at the moment. Weight or strength, in, in turn, when you're looking at a, at a prospect, weight and strength doesn't really matter. Like, it does, obviously. And if you don't gain it over time, it's not going to matter. But just coming out of college, like, if you don't have a ton of weight or strength, like, that's going to change. There are weight programs in sports for a reason. Like, these guys aren't expected to be um, these athletic monsters um, with, like, so many pounds of muscle. Like, he's going to be able to be put in a weight program, and he's going to be able to gain that. Um, but just in terms of, like, how he is as a football player, there's just a lot of mistakes that he made. There's a lot of things that he really needs to touch upon. And 
I think if he fixes those, that he can be a great player. But um, at the end of the day, it's, he's not going to be a day one contributor. Um, and I'm really not. I really don't love this pick at all, really. So I'm going to give the same grade as you did a C. All right. Uh, and then with the 101st overall selection, the Patriots traded up in this slot to take yet another tight end. Dalton Keene, tight end out of Virginia Tech. I actually called this. Not necessarily the pick, but I called that we were going to take a tight end. I said, oh, Bill's going for some tight ends. He's trying to recreate this two tight end set, and sure enough, they did. Keen, if trading up for Devin Asiasi didn't make much sense to you, this made absolutely zero sense. I know the draft, again, had been unpredictable, but this is a guy who had a fifth to sixth round draft grade, and we are trading up in the third round to take him. It was just unnecessary. It's just stupid. It's unnecessary. So I, that just annoyed me, first of all, and that's going to hinder his grade a little bit here. But Devin Asiasi and uh, Dalton Keene here are kind of like the Josh Shea and Anthony Jennings. These guys are night and day, and that's what's going to make – if they can both pan out, that's why they're going to complement each other so well uh, in these two tight end sets. Asiasi is more the pass catcher. He's more the bigger pass catcher that can stretch the field. Well, Dalton Keene is the guy who can, he's more of the athletic tight end that's better in pass blocking and can line up in the slot as a fullback. So he can make more of an impact in that way. And But at the end of the day, this is the sorriest attempt to ever create the Gronk Hernandez two tight end set. I don't really like either of these guys. Like how, how bad would it be? The Patriots... Trade up for both of these guys to try to recreate Gronk and Hernandez, and then neither one work out. Because I could definitely see that happening. If both pan out, one, I'd be surprised, and two, we've got our two tight end set. Like we are set at tight end because now we, that would be awesome. But I doubt it will happen. I don't really like either one. I gave this uh, pick a C minus. Uh, personally, the pick was a little worse, and the trade was a lot worse. So C minus here for me. Um, I, I hear what you're saying here again, too. Um, there's a lot, there's definitely more things to like about Keane than there is with Asiasi. And while Asiasi may have more potential, Dalton Keane is a little bit more polished at the moment, just in terms of, you know, as a run blocker. Um, and I like his, I like his versatility. You know, as you said, he can line up in the slot. Um, he can be a fullback. Like he, he's got a lot of things that you can like, uh, right away for a young like a young tight end who's you know not too high in the draft, but at the end at the end of the day, let's just be very real here. Two tight ends in a row, like for for what reason? I not only did you not have to trade, they traded up for this pick, right? Yeah. Not only did you not have to trade up to be able to get this guy, you're taking two tight ends. Now, I may not be an NFL expert or anything like that. But I, I think I have some decent knowledge. The tight end isn't really that valuable, and these picks are, you know, they're round three picks. Like, they they could be pretty good value. And taking two of the same position that aren't don't really matter, like, I just I mean, I get it. Bill likes to use his tight ends a lot. He loves two tight end sets. But why are you worrying about that when you've got a ton of needs to address? Instead, we're trying to create recreate these two tight end sets. Like, if anything, just take one tight end and run with it. Like, I know he likes his two tight end sets and all, but, like, we, we just got guys like Ryan Izzo and uh, 
the other guy there, they just, Matt Lacoste, like they both, like now we've got Izzo, Lacoste, Watson, I don't even know if he's retired yet or not, Keen and Aussie Aussie. It's like getting ridiculous. I don't mind the Aussie Aussie pick, but then we went and got Keen too. It's like, this is getting absurd. I like the way both of them complement each other, but Keen was a reach and a half. You've already got a lot of these young tight ends. We had a ton of other needs to address. I exactly hear what you're saying. Okay. Uh, now we are going to move on to the 159th overall selection. Fifth round, we took a kicker out of Marshall, Justin Rohwasser. I'm not going to lie. I don't scout kickers. I scout basically everybody else in the draft, rounds one through seven. Um, and I knew I know all of these players that they picked. The only one I don't is this kicker. I don't scout kickers. All I'm going to do is trust Bill Belichick here. This was absurd. We Jake Fromm was on the board. We could use him to give Jared Stidham some competition. Not only that, that was okay. Passing on Fromm because you can get a guy like Andy Dalton, it's fine. I'm not a huge Jake Fromm guy. I just thought he'd fit well in the system, give Stidham a little competition. But clearly the Patriots and Bill Belichick just want to hand this thing to Jared Stidham on a silver platter. Okay? But a wide receiver, this is... This right here is deemed not only, first of all, to be one of, if not the deepest wide receiver draft class of all time. You have a huge need at wide receiver. Okay, I just want to remind you guys of that. Second of all, we look at these past like five, ten drafts or so, five or ten, you know, anywhere since like 2010, there have been a ton of wide receivers that have had productive careers. You don't have to pick one in the first round like we did Nikhil Harry. Like, I see a ton of good third-rounders, fourth-rounders, you know, wide receivers that go in the third or fourth round that end up doing really well second round, even some fifth and sixth-rounders. Like, it happens all the time. A ton of good wide receivers come out of the draft. But instead, we're picking kickers. Kickers in the fifth round. And I've heard this guy wasn't even the best kicker in the draft. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm going to trust Bill Belichick here. We needed a kicker because Steven Goskowski just retired. I'm not giving this a straight-up F just because we needed a kicker. But this is a D-minus. Terrible pick. F. There's really nothing to like about this pick. I mean, sure, you needed a kicker. But if you needed a kicker, you didn't even get the best kicker on the board. Yeah. You're taking a kicker in the fifth or sixth round. Realistically, you don't. You don't need a, a you can wait to, uh, till like after the draft. You do not need a kicker. Um, in the especially in the fifth or sixth round, maybe in the seventh, you, you could get get by a little bit. But realistically, you don't need a kicker. And if you do need a kicker, you it, it better be a surefire superstar. This guy wasn't even the best kicker in his class. Unfortunately, I have to I have to um dip after this one, but. I, I just, there was nothing really good to like about this pick. All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining me, Thomas. I'm going to still stick on here and get through these next three picks, but uh, definitely go check out Mr. Sidelines podcast. Uh, I join him on there a lot. He's got some good stuff. So once again, thank you for joining me, Thomas. No problem. I'll see you later. All right. See ya. All right. Well, Thomas is gone, but uh, I'm not leaving here. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. With the last uh, three picks, I believe, here. Oh, no, 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 not three, four. I forgot one guy, one guy I do not like uh, in specific. Uh, I, I like him a little more than the kicker here, but uh, again, the kicker pick, it's just like, how, why, why, Bill? I know, like, I trust Bill with these special teams, guys, but you've got to be kidding me. Fifth round? Oh, come on. But 
Anyway, we're going to sim ahead a little bit here to the 182nd overall selection. We took Michael Onwenu, guard out of Michigan. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I know a lot about this kid, and I like this pick. Um, Onwenu, really where his potential comes is his size and strength. Already at the college last season, he was already built enough to play in the NFL. Like, he's strong enough to be a guy that can handle players one-on-one at the NFL already. His strength and his size isn't the problem. It's his athleticism. It's his fundamentals, really. Like, the guy's got the potential from the fact of the size and the strength, but he lacks athletic ability big time. Like, this guy cannot... Like, you can't really run any complex schemes. You can't run a trap scheme. You can't run a scheme where he gets out into the second level. On when it was like a sitting duck, he just sits there and he he, he, he can block guys one-on-one. He's a situational guard. He's a guard that is really only going to be productive in certain schemes and certain situations. So I like his fit in the Patriots scheme though. And although we don't, we don't need a starting guard, whether it's right or left guard, um, because we have Shaq Mason and we have uh, Joe Tooney. And Onwenu is more of a right guard. But, I mean, yes, he's more of a right guard. He played some time at left guard. I believe he played one game at left guard or something more than that. I'm not really too sure. I, I don't know everything about this kid, but I know enough. So, I like the pick because he's got potential, but his footwork is terrible, his athletic ability is terrible, and his hand placement you know, he just lacks all of those skills. He can't be a three-down guard. Onwenu will never be a starting guard in the NFL, but he can be a situational guy. I actually gave this a B plus. I know I just kind of ranted on him a little bit there, but for a sixth-round pick, it isn't that bad. You're kind of just going for broke here. Like for a sixth-round pick, it's not terrible. I see some a little bit of potential for him to come in here every once in a while and just be a nice backup guard that can can sub in for a couple plays here and there, you know, to take a nose tackle one-on-one. So, I mean, I look at it like if we ever faced Aaron Donald, I'm not saying you can ha- handle Aaron Donald one-on-one, but if he can pinch to the inside and be one of those guys doubling on Aaron Donald, he could definitely do that because it doesn't require much movement. And as long as he's not moving, he can, he'll be fine, which is why he's a situational guard. Uh, with the 195th overall pick, we're staying on the offensive line here. We took Justin Heron, outside tackle slash guard. He's got a little bit of experience at guard. I gave it to him out of Wake Forest. Uh, he's got he was a captain at Wake Forest. I see here, and um, by the image I used, I did not know that actually. But from the scouting I've done, stay, the things again. This is another night and day pick because compared to Onwenu, I mean, Heron is more of an outside tackle, to be fair, but he can also play guard. Onwenu is this big, strong guard with no movement at all. He's just terrible athletic ability, terrible footwork. He's just a sitting duck. But with Justin Heron, he's the complete opposite. He's got the flexibility. He's got, um, he does have athleticism, which was athleticism and strength are two different things. Okay. To be fair. So, but he's got the flexibility. He's got the athleticism. He's got the quickness. He's got the footwork. Uh, the one thing that they both lack is good hand placement. That's really the one thing that both of them lack, but Heron, again, he, you know, these are the exact things that on when he lacks. And then the things that on when he was good at is what Heron lacks, which is the size. Uh, I mean, he's decent height. Don't get me wrong. And his wingspan isn't too bad, but you know, he, his frame needs to get bigger. He just needs to muscle up. So Heron, I, I, Heron's a project here because he's got the flexibility. He can move around and run all these different offensive line schemes that you want, but 
He's a one-on-one liability. He can't do anything one-on-one because he's not strong enough, which is why he was picked in the sixth round here. So I see potential here. Again, he's another one of these guys that's a project, but we could use a little offensive line depth. But this is the point where I felt like we should have gone for like a wide receiver here. Just go for something. I mean, what you know, even I said wide receiver class was deep and you know, there probably weren't much here, but just go for a wide receiver because why not? And we I felt like we just needed a center at this point for the offensive line. After picking on Wenu, yeah, we could use another outside tackle, but really I would have liked to see wide receiver be picked here because we picked Dustin Woodard um, in the seventh round. That was a pick I liked, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But overall, this pick, I gave a B-. minus. pretty average selection here. With the 204th overall pick, the pick I did not like, we picked Cash Malawaya, linebacker out of Wyoming. I did not like this pick. He's got good speed and lateral quickness, and it reflects on tape. The guy can stop the run. Uh, decently. He he showed when he's put in, when he gets himself in the right position, he can stop the run. But first of all, that's about all he does defensively, stop the run. He doesn't do anything in pass coverage. He's not a, uh, you know, he's, again, nothing in pass coverage. He doesn't rush the passer, but he can stop the run when he puts himself in a good position. But the thing is, he doesn't. He's a poor tackler, okay, first of all. So even in uh, – the only thing he can really do is stop the run, but when you're a poor tackler, he doesn't even do that consistently. Not to mention he puts himself in bad positions on defense. Like, he doesn't put himself in a position to make plays. Not to mention he had DUI arrest back in 2018, so he's got a bit of a checkered pass. And overall, he's not going to do anything for you defensively. He's got a checkered pass. This pick was a throwaway. The only way he will have a chance at making this roster is if he shows strides towards the special teams potential because he's he's got decent speed. He can make a special teams impact. He did at Wyoming, and if he can show show a couple strides and show he can be a valuable asset on special teams, then Bill Belichick will keep him. This was purely a special teams pick. He's not going to do anything defensively. D-plus for me. I was not a fan of this pick. And then with the 230th pick, overall pick in the draft, with our seventh round pick, we picked Dustin Woodard, center slash guard. He's more of a center, but he showed he can play every interior offensive line position, uh, and he's out of Memphis. I really like this pick. This this pick hit home. I really like this pick. It isn't a home run or anything like that, but Woodard's got experience. He played four seasons at Memphis. He's got solid versatility as he played every interior position on the offensive line. And Woodard is a really good character. So from what I've read, like this is Bill's guy. He's he's a really good character. He's a strictly a team first player, and he's got good leadership abilities. As I believe he he was like one of the leaders, captains per se, on Memphis, which isn't saying a ton, but I'll take it. Right. And we need a center to back up David Andrews. We have nobody now. Ted Karras left in the offseason. So we needed a, a backup center. Like, again, I didn't want to pick Justin Heron because I felt like, okay, or on Wenu, one of the two, because I felt like, okay, we just need really a center. We can use Heron is like an offensive tackle slash guard. Like, we really needed two offensive linemen, and one of them had to be a center. And that this is Woodard right here. So I think we went a little bit too hefty on offensive linemen here. I would have said two offensive linemen at max, but I don't hate either one of these picks. Uh, Woodard, again, he's a long shot, but uh, David Andrews, he could learn a thing or two from him. Andrews is a pretty elite center, and Andrews went undrafted. So, I mean, they've got that connection. They're both really good characters. 
they're both solid leaders. Both of them were considered long shots, and and one of them still is in Woodard. But I'm hoping he can learn a thing from David Andrews. Uh, again, he shows that versatility. I think he's just a guy that Bill Belichick really likes. And he's probably won't get cut because he's only one of their two centers. Like, you need a backup center. And none of your guards or offensive tackles can swing over to the center position. So I can actually see Woodard making the roster.